should I say should I say where <laughs> should I say this is in your head or what? Oh, Hello, show. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's a good what's what's a good, good do? title for a spooky show? Without your head. Without your head. All right. Without your head. There we right. go. Yeah. All right. Give me the countdown. Bonfires burning bright. Funky faces in the night. I remember Halloween. Dead cats hanging from poles. Little dead around in droves. I remember Halloween. Vertigo With skeleton life is known I remember Halloween This day anything goes Burning bodies hanging from poles I remember Halloween Welcome to Without Your Head Horror Radio. Ah, that's us. That's us. That's good. It's a good thing it's us, because if it wasn't, you know. Mm -hmm. I'm Neil. Um, I'm Trevor. Trevor. Oh. And I'm Felipe. Yeah, we've done that before, haven't we? Came on with the fake name gimmick. I think so. I'm John. (laughs) Okay, I'm Neil. And I'm still Troy. Right. (laughs) Welcome to uh, Without Your Head. Oh, yes, gentlemen. We have a fine Are we talking little... about creep show tonight. <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk oh. about creep show again. Oh, on our last program, we debuted a new uh, a new segment on the show, which is uh, open the coffin. Mm-hmm. In this segment, we're going to open the coffin and we're going to reveal a classic or not so classic horror movie, and the three of us will review it. Now, the first the first time, you know, it was it was my choice to pick creep show. Um, this time, it was John's choice, and he picked. Let's open the, uh, the coffin and find out. I, I don't have the sound effect. Here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that's that's hard to open. Oh man. <laughs> oh my God. What it's, is that? It's Christine. Christine. John Carpenter's nice. Christine. Right. Now, let everybody know because uh, next we'll have uh, Troy will pick the next one. And then, um, you know, people have, like, some, some things they they want us to review, or mm-hmm. questions, or any kind of topics you want to hear on the program, just email us at withoutyourhead at hotmail.com. Or stop on by the chat room, or the message board at withoutyourhead.com, and uh, post some uh, some ideas. 
you guys made it made it good for me though. These first two times opening the coffin, <laughs> well, creep show, and now Christine. So I'm a pretty happy guy. So my choice, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick a good one. I, no <laughs> Japanese ones. I'm gonna make you guys sit. No, no. I was I was a little worried whenever you said on the last show. I'm gonna if you pick like a bad one, I'm gonna make I'm gonna make you suffer. So, <laughs> so I definitely had to pick one that last. I. Knew. Yeah, I had to pick one that was right up your alley. So, <laughs> yep, yep, yeah, you did. You came through mm-hmm. with that. Well, I, I, the reason I picked this one, though, I think this is probably like one of John Carpenter's most overlooked films. Like, you know, everybody talks about Halloween. Everybody talks about, you know, the fog and everything else. But like, you don't hear a whole lot about Christine, which I think is kind of kind of a shame. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the reason I picked this one for. That and plus, I didn't want Troy to like pick a really awful movie. <laughs> and this movie, awesome. you've got like a horror icon director, and you also have a horror icon you know, writer of the original novel. Mm-hmm. Right, very true. You wrote the uh, screenplay. I think Carpenter might have wrote it, but I'm not sure. I'd, I'd have to. I think he may have too. Yeah. Um, no, the screenplay is by uh, Bill Phillips. Really? Right. Oh. You got the DVD right here in my hand. Where'd you get that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Mine's missing. Is it now? You know, it's, it's funny that they bring up two movies on the DVD from the director of Halloween and Vampires. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. I wonder I if Vampires, vampires was coming is... out at that time. Yeah, it must be. They probably would have put, like, a more um, recent movie on there. But I, I really enjoyed Vampires, too, though. I did too. I don't yeah. think that's one of John's. Favorites. It's not like one of my like big favorites, but like it's all right. It's not like too awful. <laughs> I don't. I don't like I it. Love James Woods in it, you know. Yeah, uh, James Woods. He was. I don't know. He's just kind of a little much. Like he's always trying to act like a tough guy, but like I think I could beat up James Woods. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you probably could. <laughs> Although on on a complete like sidetrack kind of note. I, I've noticed that James Woods on, on the new show on Shark, he's mm-hmm. starting to turn into the um, the evil pirate from the first Pirates of the Caribbean. He's starting. <laughs> what's that guy's name? The guy from Quills. Oh, I, I know Jeffrey, you. Jeffrey. Uh, Jeffrey. Um, oh, there you go. Rush. 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 That's Jeffrey it. Rush. Yep. Yeah. He's starting to turn into him. He could be his brother now, <laughs> which isn't a good thing. I mean, Jeffrey Rush, real talented actor, but not a very good-looking man. He, he's on an old episode of uh, Welcome Back, Cotter. No, he isn't. Yeah, not Jeffrey Rush. But, um, oh, James Woods? Is? James Woods, yeah. And he actually has less hair in that than, like, any current movies he's done. <laughs> so I find, I find, yeah, I find that kind of odd. <laughs> At least he didn't just go for, like, this big, like, flowing wig. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, one of the uh, main things that I think really helps out Christine throughout the entire film is uh, Keith Gordon's uh, performance throughout. I thought he was like probably like the key element to to the entire film. I think I, I agree because like after after I watched that, I was like, man, there's there's a guy to like keep an eye on, mm-hmm. you know? Because mm-hmm. I, I thought he was going to be like the next big thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then he decided to start directing or something. <laughs> yeah, he's directed he's a few films. Yeah. I think he's yeah. done. A, he, I think he, didn't he do a couple movies after that, or mm-hmm. like some, 
bit parts, but nothing like that really. I think uh, he might even been in the Karate Kid. I'm not sure. I think he was like one of the kids. Oh, was he in that? I think. I'm not sure. I could be wrong on that one. Or maybe one I of the. I just remember him in um, that Rodney Dangerfield movie. He played his son in, uh, uh, I don't know if it was Easy Money or one of those movies, <laughs> Back to School or something. I, mm-hmm. I really like the, uh, the the use of the music in the movie. I thought the music, like much like in uh, other John Carpenter films, is always pretty dead on. You know, it always has those uh, just slow tracks with the kind of like the synth in it. And I always, I always dug that back in the day, and it doesn't seem like he, you know, pulls that out in like his newer films. It's more of mm-hmm. like Ghost of Mars. It kind of had like the hard rock kind of track or whatever. Yeah. I believe I think it was like his son did the music for the Masters of Horror. Yeah. The oh, um, he did. The first Cigar- Masters of Yeah, Cigarette Burns, he did the first one, yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Oh. Now, I'm always a fan of movies that use, like, the soundtrack to depict, like, like the change of time. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, um, like Boogie Nights or Goodfellas. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, this is a little different because they use, they use the music to... De- well, they do use the music to depict the time, but then they also use the music, you know, uh, classic uh, rock music for Christine... You know, depending on what's going on with Christine. Mm-hmm. Here you knock and, and, and you yeah, come in. And all the music was perfect. You know, oh, yeah. Time. Even opens up. And I believe it opens up and ends with uh, Bad to the Bone. <laughs> oh, maybe it does. Um, the, the one thing, like, from... Uh, this is one of the ones that, that I have to say, like, I think I may have actually liked the movie better than the book. Really? Mm-hmm. Like... The, the book is really good, but it's very different. Like, it focuses a lot more on, on the ghost of the guy that used to have the car. Um, mm. And the kid's actually turning into him as, oh. as the book goes along. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a neat twist and everything. The book's really well done, but I think the movie, like, the way it does it, it you know, because it leaves a lot more like in question you know you're not really sure until the very end mm-hmm. you know if he's just going nuts and driving around like killing everybody or what right um so I, I think, think it, uh, I'm sorry I don't know if you do they even really touch on that like that there's a, the ghost is involved at all in the, uh, in the I, movie I think they try to do it without like just outright saying it you know like this car is mm-hmm. on it I think it was kind of like you know you know, just like little elements in the story, wherever like he would talk to the car, and uh, you know, like after the, the the date he had with that one girl, and then he took her home, and then the car wouldn't start. You know, and he's like, everything's all right, <laughs> and then the car I mean, you starts. See up. It, you, you see it a little bit like when he starts calling people like shitters, and you know, he's using mm-hmm. the terms that the old man. Guy would use. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah I get you. And, like, the leather jacket, you know, like, looking like the old, like, greaser type guy and mm-hmm. stuff. I dug that, yeah. that, uh, that, uh, vest he had on in one of the scenes. Oh, yeah, I <laughs> that was rocking. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, like, a, a thing in Hollywood that I think needs to be brought back is vests, big leather vests. Oh. Oh, I think no so, doubt. too. I think, the, I think the use of the, uh, the old 50s, like, uh, rock and roll music, it kind of, mm-hmm. It's kind of creepy in a way, kind of like kind yeah. of haunting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I kind of here got, in our was that I kind of got that sense too. Uh, here in our chat room, uh, Ryron he says that uh, he thought the key to Christine is when they took a dump on the dashboard. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know that's funny. I think 
you know, um, I think the the dialogue in that movie is just great. Like all, all the different uh, the different insults they use. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yep. It's not like it's okay. not cliche stuff. Mm. And and then you know when, whenever you have like one of the the main villains flunkies being named Mooch, you gotta like that, <laughs> you know. When you get somebody named Moochie, mm-hmm. I think that John, I'm gonna call you Moochie from now on. Hey, Moochie. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> now, let me call her. Oh, sorry. Uh, actually, Hello? we better go to a break here for a second. And then well, we, we got a caller here. Who is this? This is EJ Curse. So oh, we better our, should our go to break then. <laughs> yeah. We'll be right back after this. I thought it was just a fake. This is Betsy Palmer, and I'm not sorry that I lost my head. It's been worth every moment of it. <laughs>
All right, we are back. Welcome uh, to Without Your Head. I'm going to welcome our guest, E.J. Curse. Hello. Hey, welcome to the show. Thanks a lot. Thanks for coming on. Everybody know um, we have you on here because we're going to talk about one of the, the classic horror movie, Hard Rock Zombies. Oh, for sure. I was there. <laughs> <laughs> how, did, how, did you, how did you get the part as Jesse in the film? Uh, it was... Uh, one of the many flukes in my life. Um, we were playing, you know, I was playing Advanced Island Rage back then, which mm-hmm. I still do now. And uh, we had, we kind of had a rival band that played in the area, and they were kind of like a Christian band, though. We weren't. <laughs> and uh, he said, uh, uh, this, this the guitar player called me up and said, oh, we've got this uh, audition for this movie. Uh, they need some music for the movie, but there's too much TNA in the movie, so we can't do it. You know, I thought maybe you guys would like it. I was like, Sounds good to me. <laughs> so, uh, so we went down there just thinking they just wanted a band, just to, you know, as a background or just for some music. And uh, turned out we ended up auditioning as actors, and we'd never <laughs> acted in our lives before. <laughs> so uh, for some strange reason, they, uh, you know, I did some really cheesy seed, and I put some lemon in my eye and got you know tear in my eye and shit. And um, oh, I can't say that word, can I? Oh yeah. But, uh, Okay, good. <laughs> but uh, somehow the uh, the director thought that I was perfect for the lead role, and because the suit fit me kind of like that Brady Bunch episode, you know, where the Johnny Bravo yeah. fits, fits into the suit, you know, that, that was kind of me. So, <laughs> uh, so that's how we, you know, got part one thing with another. I kind of put a little thing in there, you know, saying I wanted to get my other band members, you know, small parts in the movie, and uh, that was part of my contract, and you know, they all got little bit parts. And uh, the next is history. So was the band in the movie uh, your band? Yeah, there's uh, uh, Mark Hawkins, my guitar player, who plays with me in, in Silent Rage and also in, in one of my other bands, uh, No Duh. Um, he is the first to die in the movie. He's his hand cut off by uh, Elsie. That's oh, okay. Mark Hawkins. Oh. Yeah. And then the drummer at the time, he's uh, he's in a small scene, like riding a skateboard or something, you know. Yeah. Now one oh, of the he doesn't sc- get killed though. But, yeah. Uh, one of the scenes uh, it shows on the van, like it, you can see uh, Holy Moses on the side of the van. Was that ever a real real band name? No, that was just the band name that they picked for the the band. It's supposed to be the band in the movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, we oh. had nothing to do with that. Everybody know um, you mentioned you're a band, uh, Silent Rage and Noda. You can check those out at SilentRageOnline.com and Noda.net. That's right. Uh, Noda is a tribute to No Doubt and Gwen Stefani. We're having a lot of fun with that band right now, playing out all over the place. So it's really fun, good band. What do you think about uh, Gwen Stefani's like current stuff that she's putting out? Oh man, that's tough to say on the radio. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, honestly, I'll just say that I like the No Doubt stuff. I mean, I'm a, I'm a rocker, and I like, yeah. you know, some punk and some, you know, I like punky stuff. And so I like the old No, no Doubt stuff. I, you know, I'm just, I just think she's kind of went out a little bit. You know, I love Gwen. She's sweetheart. We've met her, and, mm-hmm. you know, the, their whole band and their management company has been great to us. But I just, I just think lyrically, you know, she had some great lyrics back with No Doubt, and uh, musically also. And I just think, you know, she's kind of dumbed it down for, whatever the hip-hop crowd or whatever it is i don't know and that's you know that's my opinion no offense everybody does their own thing but you know i'll, I'll stick to listening with the no doubt stuff yeah for sure uh one of the 
one of the main things about the film that I think is like the biggest part is definitely the music in it. And uh, some of the guy that composed that music was Paul Sabu. How what was it like working with him? Mm-hmm. That was awesome, actually. I mean, he was a big start in launching our our career. Actually, just as another fluke, I met him during the filming of the movie, and uh, he heard Silent Rage perform and uh, ended up making some demos for us, producing our demos, and then we ended up getting a deal with Gene Simmons uh, and RCA Records through mm. the demos that he recorded. And then he recorded our, our first uh, CD on uh, RCA Records for Gene. So uh, working with him was cool. He's a really, you know, he's, got a, he's very opinionated, but he's got a lot of great ideas. He, he writes songs like they're coming out of his ass. I mean, they just, <laughs> he writes songs really quickly. So, you know, he's, he's a good guy to work with. And, uh, you know, the music for the time, actually, I thought some of the music in the, in the video for, especially how fast he was writing the tunes, they were pretty cool. You know, they were a little cheesy here and there, but that was what was going on in the day, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the music was uh, written for the movie. It wasn't like something you guys were, uh, you guys had done before the movie? No, it was all written specifically for that movie and another movie which is really bad called, uh, American, you know, A Night at the Drive-In or American Drive-In. American, American Drive-In. Drive-In. Yeah. Yeah. Are the rumors true that that was a the Hard Rock Zombies was pretty much a twenty minute film for that movie? That was uh, that is true, um, and it ended up becoming you know a lot bigger of a movie, which isn't saying much. But <laughs> then uh, the, the original film it was originally supposed to be just a you know twenty minute segment just to edit in parts you know as they were showing the movie screen, but uh, it ended up just uh, they decided to make a full length movie out of it they probably wrote the script in about three days you know and they uh, obviously got some German writers that <laughs> you have to see the movie to know what I'm talking about but yeah. <laughs> it kind of took a lot of less turns I mean, they, were write, they were kind of writing the movie as we were filming we'd get the script would be new and we'd get the script the day we were shooting you know and uh, then all of a sudden I go wait there's Nazis in this movie wow okay whatever you say midgets <laughs> 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 Nazis kids <laughs> <laughs> like, all right yeah, that's an awesome. <laughs> I was gonna ask about that. What did you What did you think when uh, Hitler makes his appearance? <laughs> I I thought the director had lost his mind. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there were two things that I thought were parts of the movie. The one was Hitler making his appearance because that when, the original script that wasn't in the original script, and then the, uh, the other part was uh, when he made me say, "You're neat." Uh, <laughs> and I had a big argument with him, you know, saying, you know, I, I really wouldn't say that. Said, oh, it's perfect. It's great for you, big Indian. It's perfect. It's very American, you know. It's so pretty. And I'm going, all right, dude. But you know, now I'm never freaking live it down, you know. Every time someone sees the movie, I then I have to hear your need for three weeks. So, well, I promise I won't say that during this interview. <laughs> Wait till the end of the interview. <laughs> Gonna hang up on us. <laughs> Do you ever perform any of the uh, the songs from the movie, like uh, in Silent Rage? Any of your performances? Um, we actually learned the, the band that's in the movie actually learned all those tunes and performed them. They were uh, so that we could actually perform them live. So we actually performed them live, but as far as in front of an, an audience, more than just the uh, the cast and crew. Um, I don't think we've ever performed any of those songs and uh, uh, out anywhere else. But the band that actually played in the movie actually played those songs also, you know, mm-hmm. at some point. Yeah. I, yeah. After the movie, did you ever think about, like, uh, 
um, putting like any like zombie like zombie makeup or anything like that in your in your performances? Uh, no. I <laughs> they did <ditched> that idea. <laughs> that's, that's why I'm out there, man. <laughs> that's it. Hmm. Do you have any like instruments or any uh, any other sort of props from the film? Let's see. I've got some posters. You know, the, the actual the tr- film posters. I've got some of those. Um, let's see. Well, I've got some of the actual. They made up a, some flyers that they had posted around for like the fake gigs, the gigs that we were supposed to have. I've got a couple of those. I also have. Uh, uh, they made up eight by ten like promo pics of Holy Moses, which is the band in the movie, and I've got yeah. a couple autographed ones of those that the band signed. Um, I've got, I mean, some of the wardrobe. I mean, basically all the wardrobe that I wore in the movie was all mine. Oh. So I've got a couple of pieces laying around. I've got I wore some bullets, and I've got those laying around somewhere. And you know, some of the heavy metal shit. You know, I never got rid of that <laughs> stuff because you know, I, you know, you can't go wrong with studs and leather. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so uh, that's about all I've got. I've also managed to remain friends with uh, uh, Sam Mann, who played the drummer in the movie, who's an absolute maniac. Mm-hmm. And uh, every I met him on the set there, and he's been one of my best friends ever since that, which was 1983, I believe. So, um, did they ever come to you guys like when they were putting out the DVD for any like commentary tracks or anything like that? You know, I never even—I didn't even know they made a DVD of it until it had already been out for eight months or a year. Someone, you know, sent me something. I mean, I, I really wish—you know—that was non-union. I'm a, I'm a SAG actor now, and back then I, I wasn't. I didn't know anything about acting, which I still don't. But mm-hmm. um, <laughs> so we got paid just to do the movie. But I, I went back and looked at my old contract, and they were—I was actually supposed to be approached uh, for you know because should have been offered you know, more money not that it's all about the money but you know somebody's making some dough off that movie and it's not me mm-hmm. so you know for me it's just some good memories and, and uh, you know good times but uh, uh, so yeah I, I would have loved to have done you know something like that yeah I think a lot of the fans would too I'm always a big fan of the commentary tracks you know, would yeah, like to hear too. some yeah. it's, it's awesome I mean, I, that's the first thing I go to when I ever I get a DV that I'm really into you know oh yeah definitely uh, did you ever uh, think about pursuing like uh, acting in horror movies after that? Well, um, initially, right after that, it, you know, I didn't even. We just, I did it. I mean, I, I got the gig on a lark. I, I did it in the band. As soon as we finished filming, the band uh, went on the road, and we were playing like we played Anchorage, Alaska, for like three months in the dead of winter. And then you know we came back, and then we started recording with Paul Sabu, and everything started taking off musically. So I really didn't. Uh, think about any acting again until about 1992 when, you know, the Silent Rays lost its record deal when the whole grunge rock thing came in or grunge, whatever the hell it is, mm-hmm. uh, came in. And, uh, I started doing, you know, I knew some photographers and stuff and they started talking me into doing some acting. So, you know, I took a class, called myself an actor and, <laughs> yeah, and, uh, just hard doing, to prove it now, though. I, there you go. And I did do some, uh, you know, did, you know, I booked some commercials and music videos and all that kind of stuff. But I never got offered another uh, horror movie job, which I would have loved to do. I mean, that was one thing that did intrigue me because I was I was really into horror movies back at the time. And, you know, I was into Gene Simmons and the whole blood and the whole, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. And 
So it was fun to be able, you know, when you've never worked in the in the industry before, and then you get to see all the behind the scenes stuff. It's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. So you know, that got me interested in it, but I never got offered another uh, horror movie, unfortunately. I was I was waiting for Hard Rock Zombies too, but you know, what the hell. <laughs> <laughs> we're living in, yeah, we're living in the age of uh, remakes, so you never know. Maybe we'll see a uh, Hard Rock Zombies the remake. Well, let's go. So I don't know how many people are still alive, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, who cares? They're zombies, anyways, right? Exactly. Just yeah. add to the realism. Do you have any of the uh, original recordings from the film, like any of the tracks that you uh, you guys did on it? Um, I'm not sure. You know, I I do have a bootleg copy of the movie with some stuff that was probably edited out. Mm. But uh, um, I don't think I have any of the music that I, that I'd have to go look through. Like, do you remember this thing that used to be called cassettes? <laughs> oh yeah. So I'd have to go through those and see if I can, if I had anything. It's possible. Now, you mentioned Gene Simmons a few times. You're telling us off air that you have, like, uh, one of his bass. Well, it's actually my bass that he borrowed for the video. Ah, okay. So, um, I was honored to let him use it because uh, I was, you know, initially I was a kiss before I'd ever met Gene, and then we ended up signed to his his uh, label with RCA Records, and, and he ended up man- managing Silent Rage for, uh, you know, about three years. So it was pretty cool, pretty cool time in my life because you know I mean, that was the reason I actually started playing bass was because I was a Kiss fan and mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden I'm going to his house and babysitting his kids and a dog <laughs> and shit. So it's kind of weird. Hmm. Do you do you watch his uh, reality show? Yeah, I've watched the I've watched about six or seven episodes. Mm-hmm. Pretty funny. And any upcoming appearances uh, for Silent Rage? Silent Rage has. Uh, Really, there's a what's a web? I mean, not a website, but there's a, it's a web-based company called Rehearsals.com, if you don't mind me saying. And okay. uh, they do uh, they they film um, bands in their either their pre-show or their pre-recording rehearsals, and they film it, and then they download it and they, for internet viewing. And uh, we've been approached by them to do uh, a rehearsal, you know, show. But we're waiting till we either are doing a new CD, which we are writing right now. Or uh, go out for our next live shows, but we have nothing planned right now. But the band is still, you know, just waiting around to do something, basically. So we're, we're always writing. Jesse Damon is the guitar player from Silent Rage, and he's got a solo project that he works on quite a bit. He's been he's released a couple CDs while he's waiting for Silent Rage to do something. But uh, you know, we all have. I've got um, my No Duh thing, the No Doubt tribute. I've also got a Blondie tribute, which is called In the Flesh. And then I've got a bar band that we play in called Band X. So between all that, you know, it keeps, keeps us pretty busy. It's hard to get the four of us all together to, to write, but uh, that is the plan. We were actually trying to get Paul Taboo to produce the uh, the next CD. So it's a possibility that that might happen. Ooh, and uh, the other website's InTheFleshRocks.com. Yes, thank you. Check all those out. Uh, Jeff from the message board, he wants to know what exact town was... Uh uh, Hard Rock Zombies filmed in? What town? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it was filmed all over. Some of the, like the mansion scene, the mansion is actually just outside of downtown L.A. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a great place. They, they film a lot of, I've seen a, in it a lot of other movies. You know, so I'll, I'll recognize it from quite a bit of things. Currently, I just saw it in, I believe, it an episode of Entourage and in many things. Um, it's, it's on, it's off of the Adams 
the Adams Mansion, actually. And uh, the other outdoor stuff was all filmed, I'm trying to think of the name of the town. It's, it's in the outskirts of, like, Saugus, um, which is north of um, of Los Angeles. You know, it's about 30 or 40 miles north of Los Angeles, kind of in the middle of nowhere. You know, it's about as redneck as you can get for <laughs> Southern California. Yeah. Do you still get uh, recognized from the movie? Uh, occasionally, but only because people are, you know, if they're a Silent Rage fan or something like that, and then they've, you know, gotten into that way. I don't think it, um, I don't think there's been many times where someone has just said, hey, there's a Captain Margaret zombie. <laughs> but it, it, it might have happened somewhere in my, in my life. I'm not sure. It, I would just probably say no, that wasn't me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you surprised, like, uh, people still remember it? I'm shocked. Yeah. yeah, I'm actually shocked. But it, it just, it, it amazed me. I think, I mean, it's, it's pretty cool. But you know, the, you know, I, the, the movie had a lot of potential, and it, it's, it's so, and it's one of those movies that's kind of like watching a car, car accident or something. You know, it's like, yeah, you know, where it's, it's so bad that sometimes it's, it's cool. It's one of those kind of movies, you know, mm. which I, I like movies like that myself sometimes. So. uh but it's it's amazing it's had this much longevity. But I think a lot of it has to do with the DVD coming out, which is you know just gives people a lot more. It's just easier for people. And uh, I just had a friend of mine that I went to high school with send me a, a long email telling me uh, I haven't talked to this guy for a long time, and he said that um, you know how excited he was because he got his his wife this great anniversary present. And he was all excited to open his, and he opened it up, and it was a copy of Hard Rock Zombie. <laughs> that's, that's what I got for my freaking 20th year anniversary. <laughs> copy of Hard Rock So I apologize. <laughs> Everybody listening out there, I think that's probably a good present for all your 20th anniversaries. Hard Rock Zombie DVD. Well, I got two more years, and... <laughs> I'm getting for being. There you go. <laughs> well, you send, send me send me the, the cover and I'll I'll get it autographed by <laughs> Sweet. Okay. All right. Awesome. Uh, looking back on Hard Rock Zombies, what's your overall re- opinion of the movie? Um, I don't know. I mean, it's just it just takes so many left turns. Uh, <laughs> but. Uh, it, you know, I think there should be, uh, maybe there are more movies like that but that involve, like, you know, hard rock or heavy metal and some good, you know, blood and guts. You know, it's, I think they actually edited out a lot of the gore of the movie, which I was kind of disappointed in. I, and I think they kind of whipped out because there was a lot more, uh, you know, not really gruesome stuff, but just more of the, you know, intestines falling out and, you know, all that kind of fun stuff. So, uh, but, you know, the the movie is it's tough for me because for me it was just like a really fun time in my life. I was just having a good time doing it. Um, you know, I enjoyed the people I, I was working with. I, I got treated like I was like actually talented, and uh, so it was, it was pretty cool to be just to be part of it. Mm-hmm. But um, it's hard to see the movie as a whole. But I have forced a few friends to sit down and watch it, and we've had a good time having cocktails and and watching the movie. So. <laughs> The more dressed that you possibly be on and watch it, I think the all the better. I mean, you know. <laughs> that adds to it. I see you guys agree. Yeah, I thought so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, we're all big fans of the movie. Here. Oh, cool. <laughs> um, what kind of what kind of horror movies uh, are, were you a fan of before you uh, 
before you did uh, Hard Rock Zombies? I'm not sure if it was before, during, after, but I mean, I one of the first that ever really scared me was The, the Exorcist. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I dug all the, uh, you know, that those kind of movies, and uh, the, the the original um, Nightmare on Elm Street is one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. It's uh, got it's mixed with some really creepy stuff and some very bad acting mixed in there. So I think that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, but you know, and then Freddie ended up becoming such a you know uh, a, a cliche almost. But uh, those are the two off off the top of my head that I, I really remember and enjoy. Well, so everybody check it. Tell everybody check out SilentRageOnline.com, NoDuh.net, InTheFleshRocks.com. Um, anything you want to tell your fans out there before I let you go? Uh, no, just, uh, you know, thanks. I just remember when you were purchasing that movie that I'm not getting a penny, but uh, that doesn't really... <laughs> it's, you know, if you enjoy the movie and there's anything, you know, if they want to uh, go to one of those websites, they can contact me uh, through those websites, and, you know, I'll be happy to, you know, write a little message back to them or whatever. All right. That's about it. I think one of our fans wrote in they wanted an autographed picture. Say that again, I'm sorry. Um, well, I think one of our fans wrote in that they wanted an autographed picture. We'll tell them to check out the websites and uh, they can email you about that. Sure. So that should be a lot easier. I'll give them an address if they send me what they'd like to have autographed and I'll, I'll, you know, I'll send it right back to them. Cool. Thanks. All right. Thanks, man. really appreciate you coming on. Uh, great. Thanks a lot for uh, uh, getting me into this. Uh, Without your head is a is a cool little site there. I like it. Look right through 
This is Larry Zerner, Shelly from Sorry Fishing Part 3, and you're listening to WithoutYourHead.com.
That just woke me up. That was a little much, I think. Oh, sorry, dude. I didn't like blow out the speakers or anything. No, 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 but don't ever do that again. <laughs> One day I'm going to steal his thunder. I'm going to do that before he can do it. Oh, do All right, we're back. That will be the last appearance you ever make on the show. You'll <laughs> <laughs> well, lose my number quick after that. I'd like to thank EJ for coming on the show. Awesome little interview, I thought. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, he was a cool cat. I oh, was. Everybody check out his, uh, was that? Yeah, go ahead, plug. <laughs> yeah, so everybody check out, because he's got three of them. He's got Silent Rage Online.com, mm-hmm. which is like some 80s-style music. Mm-hmm. He's got net, which is his No Doubt tribute band, and then InTheFleshRocks.com. I've, I've listened to some of that was a Blondie uh, tribute. Yeah. I've listened to some of the No Duh stuff. It sounds it sounds just like No Doubt. I mean, if you if they're in 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 your town anywhere, you have to go check them out. See, I was going to ask them that, and I forgot. Like, if if they just tour like around like California, or if they go all over the country. I'm sure you can find some listings on the website. Yeah. He's got good hair. If you go to the website, check oh, yeah. it out. He's, he's got good hair. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm just clutching, begging for my hair not to fall out, using the Rogaine. This man is like ripped to shreds when you look at it, the picture, and like he's got all his hair, and it's like, Jesus Christ, how's he doing? <laughs> <laughs> he, he sold his soul to hard rock zombies. Mm, I think so. <laughs> Just, uh, we're going to close up the the, uh, the coffin for this week. I just want to add one final point to Christine. Mm-hmm. Is that Stephen King must have been must have been tormented by some some very vicious bullies in his childhood. <laughs> for mm-hmm. sure, because that's a yeah. definite theme in almost all his stories. Are uh, bullies? Yeah, you, you'll find them in everything from the body. You know, which um, what are they to stand by me? Mm-hmm. To um, yes. Uh, everything, you know. Yeah. There's always a moochie or a or a, <laughs> a belt. There's always somebody like yeah. that. I did like the kid with the like the little scrawny kid with the afro. He looked kind of like Bob Dylan gone bad. <laughs> that kid ruled. Yeah. Oh, that but guy. That, that guy's actually yeah. Good. He was in Ghostbusters. Oh, really? I meant to that point that really? out. Yeah, that he's the electric oh, shock guy. I didn't know you were going to be giving me yeah. electric shocks. And then, uh, and then the other kid, the redhead, that it, that dude's from uh, Friday Thirteen Part Two. Oh, hey, you need to have the sharp eye like me. The sharp oh, eye. Man. Oh, man. <laughs> Let's get my eye out on the on John. <laughs> uh, well, well, not we don't need to go out on that one on this show. I don't think people are aware of your strange obsessions. <laughs> I'm probably probably. <laughs> Most of them, anyhow. If you don't, just ask some of the cats over it in your head about it. Anyhow. What is this guy's deal? Well, I read recently on uh, arrowinyourhead.com, or joeblow.com, uh, that uh, Malcolm McDowell, he's actually going to be playing uh, Dr. Loomis in the new Rob Zombie film. Sweet. Halloween. Yeah. I think that's like an excellent choice. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, that's like such an iconic character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's going to be hard to, like, just put anybody in that role, but I think, you know, it's an iconic actor, I think, to put in it. Oh, big time. Yeah, Malcolm can save anything. Like, John, did you ever see the one where he's the barber? 
the barber. I'm it's pr- a more recent one. Hmm. Now, I think I've heard about this, but I don't think I've ever seen it. Actually, a real good movie. He narrates it, you know, like, and, and so you're getting it from his perspective. It's really good. Hmm. Hmm. I'll have to check that out. You'll have to find out the title for him, man. Uh, we'll yeah, we'll search it down. Maybe we'll put it in the coffin. Maybe pull it out someday. That's right. Oh, maybe pull that'll be out. my choice. And cheesy sound effects will be in full effect next week. Right. <laughs> rather good, rather for good or for worse. Right. I think we maybe we'll start putting cheesy sound effects throughout the whole show. <laughs> oh yeah, just an occasional just, like cat scream. Yeah, get some more work for John to do. <laughs> yeah, and you know I'm a big fan of that. <laughs> I want the bats from Scooby Doo from the, the beginning. There. Oh man, those are very specific. Not just like any yeah. bats. The ones no, from the beginning of Scooby. Any damn bats. Now, if we could come up with like a little tune like that for our show, like the have the intro to Scooby Doo, how it starts up with that real ominous kind of music, and then it like picks mm-hmm. right up. I think that would be perfect for us. Oh, yeah. Just remember that duck man or Ron Hex or whoever's listening. Yeah, hey, fans inclined. out there, write mm-hmm. us a song. <laughs> I would do it, but I'm an awful guitar player. <laughs> EJ Curris, yeah, you write us a song. <laughs> we bring you on and now we want some music, buddy. <laughs> it's payback time, man. <laughs> no, we're just joking. Of course. <laughs> but, uh, I don't know, I think it would be pretty cool to see Malcolm McDowell as a... Uh, Dr. Loomis and uh, Halloween. It'd be, definitely be like <coughs> a different feeling, you know, seeing, um, cause you know, you're so used to Donald Pleasance in that role. And it's, I imagine like all around this is going to be like a totally different film. Oh yeah. Yeah, I've, I think I mentioned then, that's last week who's going to play, uh, what I've heard is going to play, uh, Michael Myers. Oh no, I don't, I don't think he did. Yeah, it's, um, the guy played Sabretooth in the X-Men movie. I can't think of his name right now. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, big sky I think it's bizarre. Yeah, I think it's yeah. It's like giant dude. I always yeah, thought Mike put Michael Myers. I don't yeah, know. I always thought Michael. You know, Nick Castle in the first one, he was always kind of slender, and you know, he was a tall guy, but he wasn't like you know muscle bound by any means. And um, mm-hmm. I always thought that blended c- with a crowd, you know. Yeah, yeah, like you can see that guy walking down the street on Halloween. Right. I think that adds to uh, to the appeal of the character. Adds to you know. Um, Makes it more scary where it's just some guy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yeah. you know the, the terror is you know that it, you know there's something in him like, uh, you know that's basically the whole point of uh, the Michael Myers character was, like Doctor Loomis says you know he looked in his eyes and you know it took him years but he realized that he's that he was just evil. Mm-hmm. I think like um, I don't know, and then they kind of like with this. I always liked uh, uh, Dick Warlock on the second one uh, as Michael Myers. I always thought he was pretty good because he wasn't like a, a huge guy, and he kind of had like the same kind of presence in a way, but not not quite. But I always thought he was definitely one of the better ones. And then I can't think. Um, I didn't like you think Tyler Maine, uh, Ryan Voorhees brings up here in our chat room. Uh, Tyler Maine. No, that's okay, the guy who's playing him in Rob Zombies. Yeah, I always thought they might have gave that role to Kane because Kane, Kane Hodder uh, played Friday, you know Jason in Friday Thirteenth Part mm-hmm. Seven to uh, Jason X, and uh, I always thought they would give it to him because he was the stunt coordinator on um, uh, Devil's Rejects. I thought they might have tried to, and I, it's, it was rumored that he was kind of gunning for that role. So, 
Yeah, that would be kind of cool. I mean, yeah, I'd like that. Because they're going to put an ex-wrestler in the role. I mean, they might as well put uh, put they put him in there. I mean, he's a pretty big dude. So. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you think? Do you think they have to keep the same mask? I'm well, like, can, oh, you, yeah. can you remake it and like give him a different mask? No, I don't think that. Uh, that would uh, I think that would cause like just an outburst by the fans. I think yeah. I I don't think they would be happy with that decision whatsoever. Unless it was like a My Pretty Pony mask, I'd kind of <laughs> like to see that. <laughs> I think that would be kind of neat. That would put a unique uh, spin on the things. Mm, yeah, it would. <laughs> or like a Care Bear mask, and then he could change it, like depending on his mood. Yeah. Maybe even put like a moon on his belly and like uh make it where you like you push in and he like squeaks for you. I yeah, mean might as well Might as well, you know, uh Buster Rhymes was whooping you up on him on the in the last film. <laughs> well, we opened and closed the coffin. I think it's time to uh go into the Q and A casket. <laughs> Ooh <laughs> Spooky <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Moscow sound effects for this one. Yeah, give it your best, Troy. Give it like some bat yeah. noises. I can't do a bat noise. Okay, man. do whatever. See if I can guess what it is. It's the same freaking noise I made. <laughs> it's a squeaking noise. Yeah. Ooh, shivers down my fine kitties. Those aren't shivers. That's a feather. Hey now. Whoa. <laughs> All right. All right, read, read the damn questions, dude. Moscow Ma- Mahler. I think we could actually make a whole show about his, but Moscow Mahler wants to know, most overrated horror movie. Most overrated horror movie. All right. There's a bunch, really, I think. I think, like, anything... I think... I'm not a huge fan of Fulci. I think a lot of his films are kind of, like, held to a to a, a plateau that they shouldn't be on. I think if people would say, like, you know, Halloween is definitely mountains up here, and then, like, you know, Lucio Fulci's movies are kind of like, in, you know, a good a good step down, <laughs> I think. I know a lot of people would kill me and disagree with that, but I think, uh, you know, I think a lot of the stuff about his films, like, is more a visual sense. I don't think the stories are very well developed. I don't right, know. right. The stories can't hold up. Yeah, I don't think uh, it could be some. You know, I mean, spiders ripping apart a human. I mean, that's it's not going to happen. You know, <laughs> I mean, bite a human. Yeah, I could see that. But like taking a lip and like ripping it off. I mean, it's cool from a gore standpoint, but it's not. It's not. I don't know. It's not realistic. Yeah, it's not very realistic. Right. And I. I just think a lot of his films are kind of neat. I just uh, overall, I think he's kind of overrated. Like held to a, you know, greater. I don't know. People know what I'm saying. Oh yeah, I understand what you're saying. Anything you guys think? Um, I actually asked you. Could, we've had the guy on the show said, "Hey, who I love to have on the show." But um, House of a Thousand Corpses to me is one of the most overrated horror movies. <laughs> well, we're not getting said egg back on the show. <laughs> No, I, I actually really did enjoy the sequel. Now, yeah, now, Devil's like Rejects, I thought it was leaps and bounds better than the first one. Yeah. But I, know, I, I thought Sid Haig was, like, easily the best part of the first one. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the beginning of that movie's great. I mm-hmm. think when you meet when you meet that character, I think that's all that's great stuff. 
And it's all right when you meet the other family, but I think the longer it goes on and the weirder it gets, it really loses me. And then when they go when they go underground, I think all that stuff's really. Um, well, I think it's kind of crap, really. Yeah. Kind of yeah, like a, it's like a music that, yeah. video. Well, I, I'll kind of give him you know the benefit of a doubt on this because I heard like he had a lot of trouble for any distributors to pick up the film, and I heard that they had to cut it into all kinds of different pieces, you know, just to even get like anybody who oh, wanted yeah. to pick it yeah. up. So. I think in in that sense, you know, you can kind of say, well, it might have been, it might have fell victim to that, but still, you can see the story's base, you know, and it doesn't, it, it just kind of comes off as like a Texas Chainsaw kind of ripoff, mm-hmm. you know. And I think the second one's so much, it's actually a, a much lower budget, which is weird to me, the second one, because to me it's like a much better movie, it looks yeah. better and everything. And um, I think, I think he made a. a a great decision where he he didn't include the um, the Doctor Satan stuff in the second one because I think that yeah. maybe that's the weakest yeah. part and of the original one. I think if you if you're like you know drinking with Rob Zombie and got him drunk and stuff, I think you'd probably even admit that. You know? <laughs> yep. I think I you got to put that in because I think he wanted to put something in there that his fans of his uh, videos would like. Yeah. Even though it doesn't really fit the rest of the movie. Yeah, what's your one? I, I think for me, I think well, the one I was most disappointed in, and I don't know if like it's overrated, although maybe it is. I think it's Saw. Yeah. Because just like the end of the movie, like the first like probably three quarters of the film, I, I was really really intrigued with, and then once I found out what was going on, and like the whole payoff to me just just mm-hmm. killed the whole movie. For yeah. Me, and just. I haven't yeah. been able to watch any of the sequels. I actually, I actually really like Saw. I know um, some people really like it, some people don't like it at all. And um, I've always been a fan of it. I really enjoyed no, it first time I watched it. Yeah, I haven't seen any of the sequels, but like the first one, I did think that was cheap. How they kind of, you know, that was the killer at the end. I think mm-hmm. I, it's kind of like Betsy Palmer said in, in uh, interviews that she said, you know, it was kind of cheap to have like her throughout the film, right. and then. You know, you barely even see her, you know. Or you don't even see her in that one. I mean, this guy in this one, I mean, you know, I don't want to ruin it for anybody, but, you know, you hardly ever see him. And it's, like, almost impossible to guess. I think it's, like... Yeah, well, it it, it just makes it totally unbelievable for me, too. Yeah. Well, once we get to that point. But uh, I think... Go ahead, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I I think if... If it's not that, then for me it's like um, Clive Barker's movies because I just hate Clive Barker's movies. <laughs> <laughs> they drive me up a wall. You're not a fan of the first Hellraiser? I, I, I see. For me, like his stuff, he he always comes up with clever ideas and then doesn't really know how to fit them together. Yeah. You know, so like it, it's it's a bunch of really like cool visual ideas and concepts, and then I think the payoffs just crap. Mm. It, it just seems like like he puts them together like everything's so implausible the way it happens like comes up with good concepts good ideas and then doesn't know how to work them together for me yeah I could see that but I think like uh, Hellraiser the first one it's it's really I think it's pretty well crafted but I think like uh, it's, it's I can kind of see what you I, say even in that one like he kind of like doesn't know like the the, the 
you know, the the best way to build the story up. I can see what you're saying. I think you really doesn't know how to end it. I think uh, yeah. I, I, I quite enjoy the movie up until the ending because it's basically just like you get all all these, you know, the weird monster people yeah. there. Well, the like the ending in the book and the ending of the movie are totally different. So. Right. Yeah, the ending, like the ending in the movie, like the uh, the Cenobites, they keep continuing to like uh, chase her after after they, uh, you know, after they she delivers Frank to them, you know, and then like in the ending of the book, they just go away, you know. It kind of makes sense. They should have done that. That's yeah. how they should have done it. Yeah, that, that's. I'm sorry if I spoiled anybody's reading the book, okay. <laughs> but. <laughs> But that's uh, that's basically how that one, and it's a really good short story. I thought I thought that was a really w- well written. Uh, two people in our chat room here brought up uh, two, one that I agree with, and one I totally disagree with. Uh, Golgo says he believes the the original uh, Amityville Horror is is, is mm-hmm. overrated a bit. I agree with. I kind of agree with as well. Mm-hmm. I never thought that was like a very scary movie. I've, I mean, you hear a lot about it. I never was really yeah, into it. I've heard that. I need to. I actually need to go back and watch that film, but I've always heard that, so I'm always kind of skeptical of going back and watching it. <laughs> in a Ryrid's movie, I actually really disagree with because that's one of my favorite movies, Seven. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I love Seven. Yeah, I don't, I don't see that's... I can't say that's overrated because it's really... Uh, I just love that movie from beginning to end. I think it's a really well-made movie. I love anything with Morgan Freeman in yeah. Oh, definitely. I think uh, Seven, I, I can't really understand that one either. I think it's a pretty well-crafted film all the way through. Um, his also, Moscow Mala also had most underrated film for a movie. Underrated? That's a hard one. That is a tough one. Because it's like, you hear a lot about like just all these movies because, you know, it kind of catches, you know, it'll catch fire with somebody and then it's like, Mm-hmm. It's, and then you know you read everything on the internet and everything else, and it's kind of hard to find one that's like really underappreciated. I think uh, maybe maybe like one of the Hitchcock films or something. I mean, I, I think Rope. I think Rope was a really outstanding a film. Really clever movie. Yeah, yeah. 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 and it's kind of it's overlooked a lot. You never hear anybody talk yeah. about. Hitchcock's uh, I, I don't think they even put that on like you know when they have like a best of Hitchcock thing that's never included Mm-mm. no you know the, the one that pops into my head just because we were talking about Morgan Freeman I think that the Dreamcatcher is like really really well done yeah a lot of people like, hate that movie yeah and it kind of kind of came and went I think it was King's like well it's you know budget well um, it made the least money out of any King mm-hmm. film mm-hmm I really like. I, really I love the whole the whole stuff in in the head, mm-hmm. inside his head, where it was like yeah, with Mister Gray. That, yeah, yeah, I just thought that stuff was great. Yeah, mm-hmm. I actually haven't seen that film, so I'll probably have to add that to my list. Mm-hmm. I, I think you'd like it. I really do. I, I'm willing to give it a shot. You know, it's mm-hmm. like you can't really buy into what everybody says about stuff because it's just you mm-hmm. know you have you have to put your own opinion on it. You know? Yeah, it's very original. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and that that's always good. Yeah, that's, a, that's one of the problems nowadays with horror films and, you know, the horror genre. I think they're having a lot of trouble with coming up with some unique new ideas, and now it's mm-hmm. you, now we get, like, remake upon remake. <laughs> I don't know how yeah, underrated it is, but one of my favorite horror movies, because I thought it was so original, uh, like recent years, I think would be Frailty. Mm-hmm. I just uh, really love the whole idea of yeah. that. 
Yeah, that was a brilliant movie. I did enjoy that one. Uh, but, you know, the way we were talking about, like, you know, how things, people won't see things the same way, it's, I just saw a thing where they listed, like, um, the worst movies of the year. And two of the movies that they listed were two of my favorites, like Pirates 2, which I absolutely love that movie. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, the and, two. Uh, I actually Lady like in the Water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like Lady in the Water, too, which I love both movies. Hmm. Just like, you know, who writes this stuff? I swear, I think, I think, I think a lot of people just get, you know, payoffs. <laughs> like, whenever yeah, a site becomes as a, right. a reputable source for, like, what's good and what's not I I I'm like I'm for sure like they definitely get some uh get some underhanded dealings going on there I think critics do too like just you know critics for papers magazines mm-hmm. after that you know? <laughs> we're not getting paid nothing people we're telling you what we really think <laughs> right the grease and rex reads palm though come on mm-hmm. uh kurt cobain zombie um so no, does freddy krueger ever sleep himself so, what nightmares does he dream of? Oh, my Lord. <laughs> I would think that he actually sleeps when other people are awake, because then he doesn't exist. Oh, good point. Then he's like in stasis, then, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not really sleeping, he's just not there. No. Hmm. Intriguing. <laughs> I guess, <laughs> which means not at all. <laughs> I, guess, I guess I'm going to have to go with you on that one. He also wants to know, what's the worst form of torture? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I never tortured anybody. I hope I never find out. That I, that I personally indulged in, or just in general? <laughs> just in general. Yeah. Oh, okay. I could see Flea with, like, some whip. You know, when, when I would... somebody. You know, you oh, see... Yeah. Have you ever seen um, the movie Cable Guy? Yeah. Now, you know, there's a scene in that when they go to medieval times, and they actually try to make it look like, like a terrible place. Mm-hmm. And I I love that place. I went there when I was, like, 16. I just thought it was a, it's a great place to go, like, on a vacation. But there's also part of medieval times, there's an extra part where you can go and, and look at old, you know, real torture devices, like medieval torture devices. They have, like, mm. a torture chamber. And I went into that, and there was some pretty interesting stuff. There was, like, this, uh, it's like a pyramid, basically, and, mm-hmm. like, they would make people sit on it. Wow. And hmm. these are all real torture devices from different uh, eras. Now, listen. Did, did they have the boot? They, they had this thing, like, you'd stick, like, if a woman would, uh, would cheat, you know, cheat on her husband, mm-hmm. stick inside of her, inside her, and open her up. And, I mean, it was yeah. pretty nasty stuff. Now, now, this is one that I heard about. I saw it on uh, this old video about vampires and stuff. It was, like, this lady... I'm sure somebody will probably know who it is in our chat room, but she liked uh, to like bathe in people's blood because she thought it kept them kept her looking young, and she would take oh, like yeah. she would take like um, like uh, uh, slaves and stuff and lock them up into this like cage over this bathtub, and then she would take uh, you know they'd be completely naked, and then she'd take like this spear and like stab their feet while they're standing under it, and uh, I thought that sounded pretty uh, brutal. <laughs> Wasn't that Bathory? Isn't that who did that? Could have been, yeah. I'm not. I couldn't even tell you if you if you said. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> I think. Um, well, th- there's one that I heard about, and and I think it was done. I, I don't know if it was the, the Viet Cong that did it or who exactly did it, but 
they would take like a long thin glass rod and they'd insert it in your urethra in mm. the tip of your penis and shove it in there as far as it would go and I, I think like they would get the people excited they bring in like some women to excite them so the person would be very aroused and then they'd insert this and then hit you in the shaft of your penis with a hammer and shatter the glass tube inside. Yeah. That can't be any fun at all. <laughs> I think I'd have a hard time getting it up for anybody who... <laughs> if I knew that was yeah, coming. <laughs> and, and I think if, if that was me, I'd tell you anything you wanted to know, okay? You only had to do that once to somebody. and be like, okay... I'll tell you where they're coming in, how many there are, you know. They better fly in like some Jennifer Love Hewitt if they want any electricity for that one. <laughs> yeah, after you see that trick once, you know. Like, oh, no. <laughs> I'm not going next. <laughs> so, no, if we, I don't know how, how much truth there is to that one. I hope we're not giving right. this to him for his own personal use. So. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering, Blake. I don't know about this. <laughs> Yes, here's a good question. I've often wondered this. EM wants to know. Why are zombies so hungry? <laughs> because they are. <laughs> I, I think it's just a motor function. You know, it's like an instinct. They're just it's getting... one of the things that you remember. They don't have to eat. They just, you know, remember to eat. Because what do you do in life? You, you eat, and then you die. Yeah. In, in Hard Rock Zombies, they come back, and they, they want to have sex with a woman. Yeah. Okay, well, that would also be an instinct. Mm-hmm. You think they could do that, like a movie where, like, the zombies just go around raping people? In our movie, they will. <laughs> when we put together a film, that's exactly what we're doing. Do you think it'd be more scary? Let's see if this ever gets past the MVA. <laughs> it's like, no, the zombies, it's terrifying, they're raping that girl. Now, do you think... Do you think the raping zombies would be more scary or less scary if they if they could run? <laughs> or or oh. should they be the slow yeah, like shambling you, zombies? You don't want you don't want a raping zombie running after you. Man. <laughs> That's just you bad know, news, right? That. Yeah, especially after they were in you know Vietnam and stuff, and then right. there's the glass shards in there. You don't yeah. want that. You wouldn't be shooting it in the head. Well, you could still be shooting them in the head, but you know a different head. Yeah. Yep. Well, you, you no. get bent over by a fast zombie, man, and see how much you like that. <laughs> I think I think we found I think we found a new way to our to like uh, bring new life to the zombie. But, uh, they definitely want to last longer, though. <laughs> <laughs> the cornhole <and> zombie. <laughs> Watch out! Uh, I think I'm getting some calls on my other phone here. Steven Spielberg, he wants to go ahead with his project already. <laughs> Hey, did you did you see ads for um? Did you see the trailer for the Transformers movie? Huh? Yeah, no, I haven't seen um, that. It looks wild. Yeah, it we saw it's a rocky. I thought it looked great. I also people are complaining because they're like, uh, Megatron isn't all sleek. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like different. But I mean, they have to update it. I think for the new mm-hmm. for like a movie. It looks think, wild. Yeah, I think if you have like the like a bright red, you know, uh, monster not monster truck, but like a Mack truck and. I don't know if you have the things exactly like they are in the in like the toys. I think it's gonna look a little cheesy, but this is like a real big budget movie. I thought this stuff looked pretty yeah. good. You just made me think of it when you said Spielberg. <laughs> if you could change something on an already existing monster, what would it be? Mm, that's just like hard. I don't know because it's like 
Maybe the Wishmaster not making so corny. <laughs> make his making <him> good. <laughs> like make make his make his character seem believable. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, turn him into more like a genie, you know? Like have him all like airy and stuff, that'd be kinda neat. I like to give like the uh leprechaun like spikes on the palms of his hands. I think they should have uh they should have worked in marshmallows in the leprechaun movie. Why? <laughs> Because it's it's famous from the from the from the cereal. Oh, okay, all right. You're talking about the magic marshmallow, <laughs> like the lucky one. Not not just any marshmallow, the magic one. What kind? Of, I'm not talking about the cereal you used to eat when you were a teenager. You're talking about regular cereal. I can see you oh, sitting okay. down and like having a bowl of Lucky Charms and you're like, these are magic marshmallows. <laughs> like he's waiting. He's like, hey, Jeff, are these the magic marshmallows? <laughs> <laughs> Hallucinogenic cereal, man. That that'll be a blockbuster. <laughs> I think we're gonna, we just topped our raping zombies idea. Yeah, we'll add that to our cornhole and zombies. <laughs> well, maybe that's what caused them to become like cornhole and zombies after yeah. they ate the magic. And you don't want to give away all the secrets. Oh, <laughs> damn! That's right. <laughs> this is some good stuff. Um, here. I'd change. I'd make the wolf man more wolfy looking. I want the wolf man down on all fours. I want him running on all fours. I want him, you know, looking like a wolf. Really? I I, I like the I like them when they're on, when they're stand up because they're a wolf man, not not a man wolf. Yeah, I kind of like the yeah. way. That, I can see what you're saying there, but like, I don't know, like maybe like where. <laughs> This will sound cheesy, but like maybe even like where he like whenever he runs, he even like uses his hands to run and stuff. I don't. Yeah, yeah. Well, he kind of did cool. that. Yeah, in America, World from London. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that wolf's a good four-legged wolf. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, he's a cool werewolf. Yeah, you can see. I can see. As long as it's not just a plain old wolf. It no, still has to be like a uh, monster-looking uh, werewolf. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think they probably. Wolf. Yeah, it probably would have been harder to do back in the day, but you yeah. know now, now they can. They got well, Lon Chaney Jr. was too drunk. He couldn't run on all fours. He could barely stand on two feet. <laughs> no offense to Lon Chaney oh. Jr. No, no, he's a great dude. Facts are facts. Um, Kurt Cobain Zombie wrote him about 5,000 questions. He wants to know, who's the worst killer in a movie? The worst as in, like, he kills people the hardest? <laughs> or, like, the worst as, like, he just sucks? <laughs> yeah, I think probably this one that sucks. Okay. Let's see. Like, he doesn't kill people very well, or? <laughs> I think they're <laughs> just like a... <laughs> He's like, he Jesus, they got like good. That would be a good movie. Yeah. The serial killer is just inept, terrible. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And like, you get, like, oh, Woody man. Allen as the, uh, as, like, the the killer. Yeah. <laughs> and he just screws everything up. He oh, can't gosh. kill anyone. I just messed it up that again. Cool. Like, I forgot to sharpen the machete. <laughs> <laughs> I can't yeah, clip, he, I can't like, clip the phone cord. It's just like <laughs> I just can't he, do got, it. He got the chainsaw plugged into the wall, and then when he gets near someone, like he pulls it out, you know, and it just stops. Like I should have used an electric chainsaw. It's kind of like the Gremlins trick, I think. Yeah, you get like a real nebbish killer, you know, that just can't do anything right. He ends up killing himself. At the end, you know, he's trying to kill somebody and he accidentally kills himself. <laughs> uh, we actually have a couple serious questions here from uh, Ryron. 
Uh, you want me to just go over a couple of them? No, screw those, man. No serious questions. You emailed us quite a few. <laughs> Some of them pretty good. All right, sure. Uh, how did you get into horror movies? Uh, let's see. Uh, I was always kind of, like, too scared of them when I was a kid. But, like, then I grew up, and I think, like, it always was, like, that lasting memory inside my head, you know? And it's just, like, something that I had to see, you know? And, and then I think I just started watching them whenever I... I just started watching them kind of a, a late age. I wasn't, like... I was kind of, I was older. Oh, so you weren't like a kid? No. I was more, I think I just like started up like into my teens and then I started watching them from there. So I started watching, I think the first one was like a great, a great horror film (laughs) that can, that will scare the socks off of you, let me tell you. And that's Freddy's Dead. (laughs) (laughs) In in the the, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street box set, they actually give you two pairs of uh, of um, 3D glasses to watch. Freddy Vision, dude. Yeah. <laughs> nice. How about you, Neil? Um, well, I was actually brought to uh, to uh, the drive-in at an early age when I was like, before I can even remember, probably five or six years old. And this was to see any movies. It was uh, Star Wars, which I think I was probably the most scared of Star Wars. Star Wars, when I saw I was like five or six years old, it, it scared me. But, um... And I would see Nightmare on Elm Street. Not, well, not Nightmare on Elm Street, but uh, Motel Hell and just all these horror movies. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Night of the Living Dead. And um, I just actually think I'm a fan of movies. I've always been a big fan of movies. I don't think particularly, like, I only like horror movies. I like all kinds of movies. So I think I'm just uh, a movie buff, I guess. I think I think for me, like, it's a combination. Like, I, I also did a lot of the drive-in things when I was younger, and then when I was, like, early teens, going with you. Mm-hmm. And you would have been, like, what, five years old, I guess? And uh, and then, like, late-night TV used to rule when there were only, like, like, five or six channels. You had your ABC, NBC, CBS. And then, you know, you had, like, um, some local channels, like Channel 38, which would show um, Creature Double Feature late at night, and they'd show, like, two old horror movies, and sometimes it'd be, like, the old Hammer movies, or sometimes it would be, uh, you know, be, like, the old uh, Universal monster movies and stuff, and, oh, man, I was hooked on them. I, I think it's, like, probably why I'm such a night owl now, too, is just that I would stay up and, like, just always watch those horror movies. I loved them. I just couldn't get enough of them. And then, like, um... Then I read all the horror comics, and then I got all the Warren magazines, like um, Famous Monsters, and then later on Fangoria was big, so I I get that and all that stuff. I just I'm a horror junkie. I can't get enough. <laughs> I was actually at work the other day, and um, uh, one of the guys I work with, his name's Sam. He brought he brought by like the first edition of uh, Fangoria. It's pretty oh, neat. Really? Yeah, it's pretty neat to open that up, and it's kind of like going back in time and seeing, you know. Sweet. Well, like, what year's that from, John? Uh, I can't remember right off the top of my head. But it was like, they had like still, I think it was like 80, somewhere around there. Yeah. And they had like still shots from like uh, Dawn of the Dead, you know, because like they couldn't do that at the time, you know, that you can't like put in a DVD back then and like pause it right <laughs> in that scene. <laughs> yeah. Or much less even watch a VHS, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. So... Yeah, Fangoria was kind of the, the updated version of Famous Monsters. Like, the old Famous Monster Max would show you, like, you know, the 30s, 40s, 50s, you know, the old uh, horror movies. And then when Fangoria came out, 
then you got like these color pictures of these crazy like slasher movies, and it was mm-hmm. just wild. Hmm. I never I knew. Remember. I never knew what? that uh, Fangoria was like the. Um, it's kind of like the spinoff of a uh, of a Starlog or whatever it was. The, uh, mm-hmm. the yeah, other ma- the science fiction one, right? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that until so I started looking at that magazine. I've, I've been told they make them. I don't know from first-hand knowledge. Uh-huh. Did they ever stop making Fangoria or anything, you know, when, like, they really didn't make a lot of horror movies? Or did they still or just always put that out? I think they've always they've kept it pretty consistent. Yeah. Just probably didn't have, like, a big, you know... They probably still had a big subscription, like, um, you know, base. Right. But not like at, at the... Uh, you you <coughs> would probably be able to pick them up at, like, your bookstore or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But well, I, I, guess, think, I think. Oh, no, go on, man. Oh, I, I think they stopped making um, famous monsters. That must have stopped, like, uh, probably around 80, 81. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was a great magazine. If you ever get a chance to, like, look at any of the old ones of that, um, Forrest J. Ackerman, you know, he was making them, and uh, um, Gogos, I forget his first name. He, he would do, maybe it was just Alberto or something. He he did like a lot of the covers and uh, they're just they're just awesome. He did these um, oil paintings of like uh, you know Lon Chaney and Lon Chaney Jr. and you know Karloff and all those guys and, and the, the covers are just beautiful. All right, let's let everybody know um, if you got any questions for the Q and A casket. Send them to without your head at hotmail dot com, oh, or yeah. you can uh, post them on our message board. Uh, we got a whole bunch here, but probably you know, should wrap up the show here pretty soon. This ask, I'm gonna let's pick one more here from Ryron, who sent in quite a few. We'll try to get some more of them uh, on a future show. I'm gonna uh, take this one that he wrote and I'm gonna reword it a little bit. What killer or monster? This will be our last uh, question of the show. What killer or monster would make a good co-host for Without Your Head? <laughs> hmm. Mine's easy. The Crypt Keeper. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a good one. Keeper on. I think that, yeah. Is he, especially if you could, if you would just, like, uh, introduce the show. Mm-hmm. Introduce the guests. Well, give that guy a call. You know, he was the voice of Roger Rabbit. You know, he's <laughs> got to be doing something now. <laughs> well, he'd be a great guest on the show, too. He would be mm-hmm. awesome. If he, would want, if he wouldn't want to just come in. Oh, and yeah. Yeah, that'd be, a, that'd be really good. Uh, I think uh, mine would have to be uh, Charlie Manson. <laughs> <laughs> because we'd just be talking and he'd just be like, What the hell did you say, woman? <laughs> <laughs> That's me and your muffler. It's, it's like someone someone I've heard said this before. It's like, you're, you're watching those uh, those interviews with him and um, uh, who's the guy who like, What's that guy's name? Geraldo Rivera. And it's oh. like, you're watching those two guys, it's like, which guy, I mean, this sounds awful, which guy do you like better? Which guy's more interesting in those interviews? Mm-hmm. It's, no matter, you mean the guy's evil and stuff, but you can't deny the guy's got charisma. Oh, big time, big time. I'll make brain stew and I'm the cook, Jack. <laughs> oh, man, that's an awesome one. Mine's lame, because I was just going to say Freddy Krueger, because it's on mine, is but... That's probably too obvious, but that that Manson one, that that's a good one. Yeah, Manson, man. Give him a call. 
I feel bad about like you know, kind of like uh, <laughs> you know, like sensationalizing him, but right, it would make some interesting radio. Oh yeah, oh, sure would. <laughs> All right, I would just like to thank EJ again for giving us some time today. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he's man. Oh yeah, definitely. Let's see, we got SilentRageOnline.com, NoDuh.net. Uh, in the flesh rocks dot com. Everybody needs to check those out. Mm-hmm. Thanks everybody for listening to um, Without Your Head. Uh, thanks everybody's in the chat room. Give a little shout out to everybody in the chat room. Big Reddit. Woohoo! Mm-hmm. Go go Van Helsing. The helicopter boy. <laughs> Midnight Man. Ryan Voorhees. The Big Mosh. And Walkie. Thank you, guys. Nice. Man, there's some more oh, earlier. One last thing. I just want to um, say, Jan, uh, Neil gave me um, a sweatshirt today, and it's got all the uh, characters that I did for the uh, Without Your Head site, and it, you know, it's everybody is like a horror character, and I think there's like, what, 50 of those guys on there? Yeah, there's quite mm-hmm. a few. It does actually and, um, that, yeah. Is it, really? Mm-hmm. And it, it looks awesome, so like, if, if you want to, check it out. Um, Give, give them the site deal because I'm no good at giving out the .com stuff. Just go to withoutyourhead.com and click on uh, Without Your Head Shop. Right at the top. Oh, okay. No, that's easy. Mm-hmm. Now, so check I, it out because it's really cool. I'd also like to say something. I think the website is, is definitely it has its own unique look to it, and I think it's just... I, I, I'm, really, I'm really pleased with the way the site looks, and I think a lot of that... Is contributed to you, Troy. I think I think the drawings are excellent throughout the oh, all you. the avatars and everything. I think I think that's it. it really, it really pleases me. Yeah, so I oh, think man, it, I I'm agree. Blushing now. I agree totally. I think gives us a really unique uh, look. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it really personifies the show too. I think it's a uh, it's kind of a fun. It's not just like a total gore fest. I think mm-hmm. we try to make the show fun, and I think I think the the uh, picture is really um, nice. Well, oh yes. Definitely. Thank you, Troy. Ah, well, thank you guys because I got to tell you, every time that we do one of these, it really is a pleasure because I just have a real, I, I just have a ton of fun and the time just flies by. <laughs> well, alrighty, everybody. And that's a shoot, man. Oh man. <laughs> and if you don't know what that means, that means uh, it's real. <laughs> it means you got to go on in your head and check out that. <laughs> Excellent plug. Alrighty, until until next time, everybody. What, what, what should we cl- what cheesy saying should we close the show with? Um, we're gonna squeak the nails, and I don't know. Creak. How's that one? Huh? <laughs> that, that's good enough. <laughs>